Welsh prepare to head out to South Africa while there are changes at the Dragons. Welcome to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. We'll hear from Dragons Director of Rugby Dean Ryan and new head coach Di Flanagan shortly. But we'll start with the Wales squad preparing for a tough tour out in South Africa. A chance to hear from head coach Wayne Pivak on the fitness of the squad. Everyone present and correct? Yeah, the players that came into camp with niggles are, are all been working extremely hard. Medical team, strength and conditioning team, all been doing a very good job. So we're very pleased with where the squad's at. And you brought in a, a new player, Harry O'Connor. Can you just uh, tell us what the reasoning was behind that? Yeah, Thomas Francis just picked up a niggle in his back. So it's been a, a, a bit of a problem for him on and off in the season. So we're just treating that with care and that's a, a precautionary measure, really, to make sure that we've got the numbers we need for training and we can uh, prepare as well as we need to. Yeah, look, he's one of, uh, of a number of young players across the, the positions in the game that we're keeping an eye on. We've spoken to the guys at the Scarlets and they speak very highly of him in terms of where he's at in his game currently and where he can get to in the future. So he's one that uh, we think will benefit by being a part of this trip. How much of a worry is the Thomas Francis injury? We expect them to be uh, fully fit for the first test, but as I say, it's a precaution to make sure that we've got uh, the numbers to get through what we need to get through. As far as this tour is concerned in general, Wayne, you've been written off by a lot of pundits, written off by the whole of the South African media, the suggestion being that these test matches are a foregone conclusion. Is that a motivating factor? How does that make you feel? Yeah, look, it's it's just people reporting on the facts at the time. I mean, I think we were written off in the 21 Six Nations as well. I think in international rugby, if you write any team off, uh, you do it at your peril. And, you know, you can look back in our Six Nations and the good performance against France and then the poor performance against Italy. So, you know, it's a, it's a Welsh team that turns up on the day, which is going to be what South Africa have to deal with. And we're hoping that's going to be a very good Welsh team, obviously. And we're certainly going there with, with aims that, uh, and things that we want to achieve on the tour. What would represent success for you? Do you have to win at least one game to call this tour a success? Well, internally, that's what we want to do. We want to achieve success on the tour and success meaning winning games of rugby. Now, if we win one, two or three, it would be a success compared with what's happened in the past because we haven't won away. So, look, from our point of view, it's a, a huge challenge, obviously. We're playing the world champions in their backyard at altitude in the first two tests in front of their home crowd for the first time since winning the World Cup. So they'll be heavily motivated. And look, in Test Rugby, you want the ultimate challenge as a player and, and as coaches, and this is probably the ultimate challenge, South Africa at altitude, coming off the back of our Six Nations and where they're at in their game. So a big challenge and one that uh, I've got to say, the boys are, are working really, really hard, and I would think that we'll be a step up from where we were in our last match. We've seen the South African dominance of the URC in the last few weeks of the competition. Is that a bit of an ominous sign for you uh, of the gulf between teams, between players, or, or do you think that that is, can't be used as a yardstick for this tour? No, I don't think you can use it as a yardstick. I think it's clear for everyone to see that the clubs have struggled in South Africa. We're going over there not as a club team, but as an international team with the best players available from Wales. So, you know, we're pulling on the national jersey and there's a lot to play for. Uh, we're 14 months out or just over from a Rugby World Cup. The players know. We've talked about where we are in the in the World Cup cycle. Uh, and it's very, very important that um, we put our best foot forward as individuals on this tour and collectively as a group. So there's a lot to play for here for our boys. And um, I'm sure that uh, they're relishing the opportunity. 
I think it's the first time we've had a chance to have a chat with you uh, in a media session since uh, Phil Bennett passed away. I know he was someone you knew well and, and uh, took a lot of wise counsel from when you first joined the Scarlets. J- just sum up the influence and impact that Phil Bennett had for you personally as someone coming from New Zealand into Welsh rugby. Oh, look, it couldn't have been bigger, really. I, I was the first overseas coach to come into the Scarlets and very, very proud club with, with a, a massive history, you know, Clinethley days. And so for me to meet the legend and uh, the person that I watched play when I was a youngster and admire that massive sidestep of his and the skill set that he possessed was really, really special. And he couldn't have been a kinder man. And uh, he always had time for me and was at the end of a phone to catch up for a beer or a chat. And uh, look, he's just a great guy to have a conversation with during a match, if you're watching or after a match, and so knowledgeable. And, you know, whenever you talk rugby, he also had a, a great story to tell as well and a great sense of humour. So just a lovely, lovely man and, and so sad to see him pass. Just on Harry O'Connor and the front row, you're going out there. Slavka, obviously, very strong there. You've got the two sort of uncapped tight heads there alongside the other two. Are you concerned at all about how much you're going to expose them to out there? Well, it's always a concern if things don't go well, but there's also the opportunity for young players to learn a hell of a lot and to grow. And, and there's no better learning than going up against the best in the world in any sport. And uh, at the moment, you'd have to say that South Africa scrum has probably shown that it's consistently been the best in the world. Their line-out drive is superb. Their forward play is probably second to none, really. They're not world champions for nothing. You know, they they are very, very good at what they do. So if you're a young guy going on tour coming up against that, you're going to learn a lot. You know, you're going to learn how much work you've got to do to get to that level. Uh, or hopefully you're going to go very, very well and, and start off what could be a very long career for yourself. So it's an exciting time for any youngster going on a tour like this, I believe. Josh Adams and Thomas Williams, they looking OK because they were the people who sort of missed out towards the end of the season. Yeah, they've been training well, so we're very happy with their progress. Some of the success that Wales have had against South Africa has been based around a strong kicking game. South Africa's strengths are well known. Just what are some of the things that you've been working on to take out to, the, to this tour, specifically, obviously, with games at altitude as well? Clearly, we're looking at uh, where we're playing. First two games are at altitude. We've obviously spoken with the, the teams that have been playing there, and we've looked closely at videotape of those games. And what we've got to do is make sure that we're give ourselves a chance in these games over the 80 minutes. And so we're looking at how we want to play the game, what we do in certain parts of the field and evaluating how we play at sea level versus how we play at altitude. So you'll probably find that we've got to make sure we play at the right areas of the field, which means there may be a bit more kicking. But, uh, you know, altitude, it's like having a wind behind you in both halves. So you're silly not to use it at times. In terms of some of your attacking plays, is footwork and avoiding contact and set piece something that's going to be really, really vital given their strengths at scrum and lineup? Yeah, well, they're very big men, aren't they? And they're very good in the collision area. So we've got to make sure that we give ourselves every opportunity in those areas to, to get some go forward and footwork is going to be essential. Getting ourselves running good running lines. So those are sorts of things that we've been working on and uh, we'll continue to work on. Amongst those putting in that work is scrum half Kieran Hardy. So what message has he got for those downplaying Wales's chances on this tour? Uh, I don't think you can ever write the team off, particularly with the characters and the experience that we got in the squad. Um, obviously, we know that a couple of performances in the Six Nations didn't necessarily go away, but we know we're a better team than that. And obviously, it's a great challenge for us playing the best team in the world. Those are the challenges you want to be a part of. So we prepared really well in the last couple of weeks. Uh, we had a little game in-house last week, uh, 15 on 15, which was really good, really beneficial for us. And we're going there with a real mindset that we can win every game and that, that will always be our aim. You played uh, in a Welsh side that beat England. You scored a great try in that game. 
would this be a bigger achievement for you personally to win in South Africa? Uh, tough to compare, really. Obviously, that was my first real experience of playing in the Six Nations and win the Triple Crown was a pretty special moment. But yeah, I think so. I think with the, the challenge that's been set out there, I think that probably would top it. It's not an easy place to go. I think we understand the task in front of us and how difficult it's going to be out there. But I think for us, it's just doing everything we can do between now and then and making sure we're ready for every test match and hopefully we can performances together and get wins. You uh, played against Antoine Dupont this season against France. Uh, you had a very good game against him. Up against Faf de Klerk on this tour, is he as good as Dupont? Is he better? Is it a different challenge? Yeah, I think it's a different challenge. I don't think he's as much of a running threat and as explosive as Dupont is. His ability to score tries from anywhere and change a game. Um, I think he's probably the best player in the world. And even in that game in Cardiff, you know, he, he probably didn't have his best game, but there were still moments of brilliance in him. Whereas Faf de Klerk, you know, he's a completely different player he runs the game for South Africa. So we've got to be aware of anything with him, with his kicking game, the way he dictates the game. I definitely think it's a different challenge, but I think Faf de Klerk is obviously one of the best nines in the world and it'd be great to play against him. Three and a one doesn't go at the moment. How big a battle is it for that number nine jersey with Wales? And where do you think you are in the pecking order? Uh, yeah, it is a big battle. Quality of nines that we got in Wales, we're pretty lucky that any one of us could play on any given day, depending on what needs to be done. I don't really know what the pecking order is moving forward. All I'm doing is trying to make sure that I can do everything in my ability and training to show that obviously I'm ready to play. And it doesn't matter what role we're given, really, whether it's to start be on the bench or the one that's preparing the team, I think we'll all do the same role and try and be as good as we can. So Wayne talks about this being 18 months out from the World Cup and how important it is in, as a stepping stone towards that. Is this a, a moment for you to maybe grab it by the, the horns if you can, just show everyone in a top-of-the-ground game that you can be as quick and as agile and as good as anyone? Yeah, I'd like to think so. Real big opportunity. Quality of nines is high, but if you spoke to every one of us, we'd all back ourselves to play so it's it's difficult in that regard but obviously with the World Cup coming around now we really need to someone needs to nail down the shirt and you know obviously doing everything in my ability to take that shirt to make sure that I can carry it through to then but um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the meantime but hopefully with a couple of if I get the opportunity a couple of good performances on South Africa won't do me any harm. There are plenty doubting Thomas's, Evans's, Davis's and Williams's around but do you firmly believe you can go there and present a credible and maybe an explosive challenge? Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, I think, obviously, the experience that we got in the squad, the players that have been there and played in big test matches previously, particularly for us younger boys, it's great for us to lean on them and obviously learn as well. Since we've been in the environment, they've been great. So I think we're going to need all that experience. We're going to need the younger boys to really step up out there. Under no illusions, it's going to be a very difficult task, particularly with the altitude and being away from home and all that other stuff that comes with it. But, we're ready for everything. Uh, we've had a good couple of weeks preparation and going out there to try and win a test series. You're listening to the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. And that's a pretty good attitude. Now on to the Dragons, where it wasn't exactly all changed this week, but still a fair bit of change, with Di Flanagan moving from the Scarlets to come in as head coach, under Director of Rugby, Dean Ryan. The decision was taken to look at how we strengthen as part of 
us trying to move the Dragons into a new period. It was quite clearly a significant period of change last year in personnel and other and all parts of the business are subject to the same. And uh, I'm delighted to be able to welcome Dyer to the club. I was incredibly impressed about his passion for the region, his desire to be involved in the region's new direction and to bring his experiences of international, some time as head coach, his lengthy experience of variety of roles and coach and, and just when looking around Wales, just feeling that this is the person that needs that next chance, needs the opportunity and needs an environment where he can continue to develop and add his expertise into Welsh rugby. Is it as simplistic to say that you're moving into a more of an overseeing role, like more hands-on coaching on the field? How's it going to work? It's going to strengthen us is the easiest way because DICE focus is going to be on day-to-day is what's happening in next hour, next what we need to do sort of tomorrow about developing the coaching team. We've been pretty young and, and inexperienced in that space about bringing his ideas and contributions about how we learn how people need to build those relationships every single day. That's his focus. That's difficult for that to be mine with the role that I have here at the club. And I think that makes the two of us a stronger unit. Am I still going to coach? Yes. When he factors me in. Am I responsible for rugby? Yes. But how does it work? We've got to work that out. And I always find people who have challenging ideas, strength of opinions, make places stronger. So how does it work? I think that's for us to find out and I'm looking forward to that. Does it change my role? Makes my role a bit easier, I think, because I was probably trying to cover too many things. And does it change how we evolve forward? Absolutely, because it's got a new personality. So I'm looking forward to that. We're both aligned on that. Like my strengths are my day-to-day coaching, teaching, how we develop as a team and I don't see that being different here it's important that me and Dean consistently talk and we're aligned and that'll, that'll happen over time and we'll challenge each other consistently on how we play how we develop how we teach but again the role for me is the next step it's a perfect role to align what I believe and how we should run environments to get the best out of players and I get to do that daily not just players but also working with staff whether that's coaching staff aligning medical SNC staff along with Dean's thoughts on it and, and growing the performances on the field and each individual in the environment. I just want players to get better. So I want to see improvement week after week after week with players. Regarding the game, we want boys to express themselves. You look at the new tracker at Rodney Parade, it's built for players to go and play well. And, and you look at the, the squad that's being built here in, in the Dragons region as well. And we want to go out and play we want to be smart with it, and you'll see that evolve throughout the year, I have no doubt. Are you encouraged by what's your disposal for next season? The easiest way I guess I can explain it, I've sat at the dinner table and had some information through and some squad depth through, and my wife asked out, what are you thinking, looking at it, and I couldn't hide my excitement. I've worked with a lot of the squad previously, so I started my coaching career in the region. I'm a Penalta boy from the region. So I know people like Leon Brown, Joe Davis, who were recruited for the Newport High School, and, and my job here now is to make them better, to kick them on. Same with Ben Carter, who I coached in Newport Schools under 15s, making him better. And the list can continue through Jared Ross, Rio Dyer. Like so much excitement in the squad. And then you add in the stardust that's been signed and, and the depth we're, look, we're looking to build. There's a very good academy here. They produce a lot of quality players, and, and it's important that I help 
generate the next step for them players as well. It was hard leaving the Starlet? Yeah, it was tough. There's some good times down there and um, there's a lot of good people. Specifically, again, the playing group were excellent with me. Not just did they learn off me, but I was able, unfortunately, to learn off them. So, yeah, it was tough. But the opportunity here is too good. When did you start thinking that you needed maybe to have a head coach? I think when we first came in, I was hoping to see if we got that shift from within the coaching team because I knew we had to change going back a couple of years. We had to add support very quickly. But I felt we also had to move towards a more high-performing situation that could challenge could support, could lead. And I felt we were liked in the coaching team. And therefore, I suppose like all recruitments, there's not a time, there's not a day you wake up and go, it needs to change. It's a constant evolving process of going, how do we get better? And there's no doubts whether it's playing or coaching. The last six months have probably been as difficult a time here that we've ever had because we have to make those difficult decisions and you've got to focus on, we need to change and we needed to change and strengthen in every area that we could. I committed to die that I will create an environment that allows him to develop. You know, as a young head coach, I don't think the last six months would have been a great space for any Welsh coach to develop. And sometimes those hard decisions need to be made. When they're made, when I was in the midst of all the relationships, they're very difficult as well. So that's why I see us as stronger now. There still are tough decisions to be made by the Dragons. There are still decisions to be made that need to be separated from the day-to-day. And that's why between the two of us, I think we're stronger for it. In all my experience, those first three or four years as you step into a head coach is, is the highest learning trajectory you'll ever be on. It'll probably challenge skill sets you didn't think you need. And you know, I've seen people that go, I just, I just want to coach, and then struggle because they can't manage. And... I see this as a situation where it's an opportunity for Dai, it's an opportunity for me to have somebody more experienced, and I think if you're Dragons, we're a better place for it. So that's how the decisions are made. Obviously, it's been a lot of false starts for the Dragons in the past, but you you confident now that you're finally heading in the right direction? I think everything needs context. I think false dawns are created mostly by you guys. We are still the poorest funded in the league. We're still playing against four teams that came in and just dominated the URC. Let's keep context. Do I see us supporting this group during that difficult period and hopefully getting a little bit more? Absolutely. But let's keep context. Welsh Rugby has a number of challenges across all its regions to look at the URC and what does good look like for us. I don't think that answer has come out. What does good look like for the Dragons? We've had to make some serious changes to try and put us on a better trajectory than we were. I didn't believe by going year on year on year we were getting better and therefore we had to make some of those significant decisions. But context is everything. What is a new dawn? What is a successful dawn? What, going against the Bulls week in, week out or going against the Stormers week in, week out or Leinster week in? I would expect us to start moving towards that trajectory and be more passionate about some of those people's journeys as we develop. And I'm excited about that. But I think we've all a responsibility to start looking at what does Welsh Rugby's good look like and how do we, as a, a number of regions, support progress in the next few years in the URC. Excited by the uh, improvement in the squad, though a lot of good new signings must be. I'm re- I am very excited. I've gone on record of going, we've taken some risk in terms of numbers of squad. That might play itself out, but I'm very excited about some of the players that we've got coming in.
the word faultless is used many and, and when you play at home. That used to be the case here. Does it start by winning right out here? I wish I, I wish I could say, yeah, of course it does. Is it easier? Yeah, we've got so many challenges from how we're perceived through refereeing eyes, playing some of the best sides in Europe. You know, I can't just go, well, it'll turn up on here. The only way we can do that is by getting better. Getting better day in, day out, getting better individuals in here, getting players with high aspirations that demand higher standards from each other. It's certainly on record that I want more from the playing group. I want more challenge from the playing group about what it is. So I think if we sit here and go, well, it hasn't worked. Let's change you and you. And is this playing group needs to be aspirational around what they can achieve. If they are, I think they will bring higher standards and that will bring better performances. And then I'd hope to start feeding into some of the things. But we would absolutely want to build something at home, but build that through better performances, better aspiration, better challenge from within the playing group about what they expect from the Dragons. Because you're going to be now at profile. The goldfish bill at times and what should be. I feel very fortunate with all my coaching journeys being, if that makes sense. So I was able to step in my first year in the pro environment and be backs coach for Wayne for eight games at the end of the season and step back out, really reflect on it and spend a couple of years in the academy is what I need to get better at to be better at that job and then stepped in and feel like I was better for it and then same when I took over the head coach role at Scarlet I was able to step back really reflect for the last 12 months on if I'm going to be successful what do I need to get better at stuff like that that's ever developing for me stuff like budgeting and things that's where I can grow massively learning off Dean over the next couple of seasons and uh, with successful performances hopefully the stuff I thrive on and stuff I, I work really hard at is how I challenge players, how I make them better. And that's the stuff that I'll continue to do for as long as I coach. And it goes in line with what Dean's saying then, is how do we make players better? How do we set standards that they want to hit? And then how do we drive them to make sure that they're owning their performances, that they're putting the work in, they're doing the extra to be better. So that's the day-to-day stuff that fits my strength and that's the exciting part of the job. Do you start it with Penalta? So Penalta, Penalta's my junior club, Penalta's the club my dad played for my son plays for now and mm. and yeah I was fortunate that I went to a great club in Pontypridd and played most of my senior rugby there I do feel like I've a bit of unfinished business in this region because I never played for the region so that's one thing I can take off now and really thrive making this region better okay. I did sign for Newport and I thought that was my time to come home but yeah I retired that summer well he's got there in the end New Dragons head coach Di Flanagan finishing off there plenty more on the Wales Tour South Africa and everything else going on in Welsh Rugby next week and through the summer on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast. But until then, goodbye.